Eric Estep here. One of my favorite parts of being a NASCAR fan is collecting diecasts. It's how I got my start on YouTube, actually. To me, a room is not complete until it features shelves of NASCAR diecast cars. It's as good a time as ever to continue your collection or begin an all-new one by pre-ordering your favorite driver's 2022 next-gen diecast at LionelRacing.com or at any authorized Lionel retailer. Lionel is the official diecast of NASCAR, and don't miss Lionel Racing's NASCAR Authentics diecasts at a Walmart or Target near you. Not only is Lionel the official diecast of NASCAR, but they're also official supporters of the Out of the Groove Podcast Network. So what are you waiting for? Head to LionelRacing.com to order your favorite driver's 2022 diecast. Alright, we got all the mics set up. Let's go ahead and jump into it. Feeling frisky. Like it. Interesting day today. Oh yeah, always. You don't talk during the intro. Didn't know it was the intro. It's okay. Have you not listened? We're changing. To the it's only the, it's only the third episode. You can do whatever you want. Oh, it's the fourth episode. Fourth episode. All right, here we are. Episode four. Real men of genius. We got myself. We got Matt here. We got Hi. our boy Jake. Uh. Ready to jump right in. Ran at Texas last week. Had a pretty solid week in the number 15 Fort Worth screen printing Chevrolet. Uh, run P17. We were the biggest mover at one point. Uh, all in all, good day. Ready it's not to hard Kansas. when you start 39th. Yeah. True. That's why. That's the only good thing about starting back there. You can pretty much guarantee you're on the biggest mover graphic. So. Shout out uh, John Garrett. Yep. Uh, Fort Worth. Oh, yeah. Fort Worth He's right there. Good people. Oh, Great yeah. Great people. Very good people. Even through the Chevrolet hat on the table today, even though I'm not really supported by Chevrolet, but I'd love to if y'all ever see this. Uh, Could be. Mr. Shane, if you want to hook it up in the Xfinity series, you just let me know. Love the uh, bow tie. Yep, yep, yep. What what y'all been up to? How was y'all's Texas? Uh, I had a wonderful experience in Texas. I got a phone call on Wednesday that the semi-retired picker guy was coming out of retirement yet again. Wow. Oh yeah. I mean, I got told I, I didn't I didn't get asked to pit a race car. I was told I was pitting a race car. So I got it. I it was chaos in the streets because he's like, "Don't worry, I already got you a flight." Like, "Don't worry about it." I'm like, "Well, I already had a flight set up. So what do you what are you, what are we doing?" So I show up. He said, "Oh, don't worry about it. We'll just take care of it." So I showed up to there's two charter companies. I showed up to the one that I usually fly on. And they looked at me like I had three eyes on my head. And they're like, no, get out of here. We don't want you. The other one is a quarter mile, oh, probably half a mile down the road. Uh, when I walked in down there. and You walked all the way from I Champion walked to Victory? I walked because right? I was flying back on Champion. So I'm not going to yeah, park my true. car down at Victory. It's true. Get home at 2 and have to walk all the way over there. Right. It takes me until 2.30 to get to my car. So I walked down there. And I was told the flight was at 4.30. So I stroll in probably about 3.35, thinking it's 4.30 flight. And they're like, you better get on the plane. It's it's leaving at 4. That's the Not best part. Not want to be the last guy on the plane. See, I, I'm against that. I mean, you're flying a charter plane. I don't know why they're getting there like they're flying commercial. That's my thing. I remember the first time, or maybe not the first time, the first time I actually was like an hour early. But the second time, I was like, Shit, all I got to do is just show up and get on this plane. I got there like maybe yeah, 20, also, minutes, 20 minutes before it took off. You don't ever want to be that guy. People were not exactly. stoked on me. I got a story about that. So this year at Dover, I uh, I 
what's the word I'm looking for? Ignorantly parked on the infield at Dover, thinking, you know, they'll open the gate just straight right out, yep. straight to the airport. Uh, they held us in the infield after the race for a solid hour and a half. So we were the marketing people. We're the last two people to the plane. Oh, yeah. We should have been the first two people to the plane. The the chirps and the disgusted looks on oh, people's faces. Oh, yeah, you get some dirty looks on those planes when you do that. quite possibly the greatest I've ever seen. The chirping was 100%. Yeah, racers people got good are insults. pissed. Well, it's, it's worse to be late to the one leaving the track than going to the track. Correct. This is true. Everybody's tired and they're angry. Oh yeah, half the time. So it was that was I've, that was the most disgusting. So you, that's one felt. hard lesson you learn in NASCAR. Sometimes the best parking to get into the racetrack is the worst parking leaving the racetrack. Actually, uh, the Umbrella Man Steve he told me uh, <laughs> that he used to park. You know that museum down the road from Charlotte? Really. He'd park all the way down there just so he didn't have to deal with traffic leaving the racetrack. That's a solid like two miles. Dude, imagine away just from the Steve track. just just trekking down there. If it was raining, he'd have six umbrellas. No, yeah, it's true. If, as just long a as he brought his of umbrellas, he probably wouldn't though. Matt, because he says he keeps an umbrella in his truck. Let's say he gets to the racetrack not raining, but it's Charlotte, so he'll probably take his rain gear with him. He can yeah, always put it, it back in the hauler. Just be safe. Just because. Speaking of which, I totally forgot to put my gear in the hauler, so I'm going to be flying with that. I'm not happy about whatever. Have, have helmet will fly. Spit happens. Yeah, yeah. have helmet will travel. <laughs> that is true. You, you have I'll to be taking it with me. Thing. Are you flying commercial? I don't know. I haven't really asked yet, but usually mm. they fly champion. Mm. You just walk around with your helmet on the whole time. Yeah. It's a mask. Yeah. I mean. This is true. Oh, I forgot to tell this. Oh, no, this was going to Texas. I think I actually did write this down. There was a lady at the airport, and she is like, did I tell this story last week? No. About the lady trying to get on the plane with no boarding pass? No. Oh, yeah. Red flag. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, she was there. Like, I'm walking in the security line, and she's, like, yelling at this dude because you got to have a boarding pass to get into security. And she's like, I don't have one. What do you want me to do? I have a flight in 45 minutes. What do you want me to do? And he's like, go and get your boarding pass and then come back. He's like, I can't. I don't have time. And, like, I wanted, I almost wanted to stop and be like, you cannot get on the plane if you don't have a boarding pass. So even if you got there in five minutes, got there 40 minutes early, you're not going to get on the plane. Then you're going to have to come back, go through it all again, and you're just going to waste more time. And then she was freaking out, cutting the line once she did go get her boarding pass. Like, I think it might have been her first time flying, which sometimes I feel bad for those people, and sometimes I don't. This was one of those cases well, in which I, I never didn't. feel bad for first flyers, ever. Yeah, yeah they just pissed me off. Uh, old hockey trick. Get you a TSA pre-check. Five yeah. minutes. Wow. Five minutes Game through changer. both TSA. I know. I always see that when I'm like walking by. I'm like, man, I should probably get that done. I never have, do. You don't have to take your shoes off. Wow. You literally that's just... That's and and right they usually, like Charlotte, they have that one checkpoint that is just TSA pre-check. Yeah. Like you literally just throw all your shit on the conveyor belt. You got to take your belt off. That's the only thing you got to do. Just take your belt off. Otherwise, they look at you like, you know, you're... An idiot. Yeah. yeah but one cool thing about charter flights, you just show up and walk on. The it plane. is the best thing in the world. <laughs> best like, way to fly. For those who have never been on a charter flight, so though those who are not in the NASCAR industry and still listen to this podcast, it is the nicest thing in the world. You get there whenever you want. Maybe I mean you can really get there like two minutes before it takes off. You will get bad looks. <laughs> People will be mad at you, but you can still just get on the plane. You show them your ID, get on the plane, sit down. You don't even have to buckle your seatbelt for all that. No. 
there's no food being passed out, but you can bring your own, which is another plus. 44-ounce fountain drink from QT, doesn't matter. Not a lot of readers on these planes either. So there's the one. Hey, there's up. one. I know. <laughs> I had to read sit lately. Next to him. Had to sit next to him. I'll tell you what, there's no better way to go to sleep than trying to read on an airplane after you've been to the racetrack all day. Or, you know, it's the most annoying thing is when this person reads his fucking book out loud. No. You I, should know the information. It's a good Hillman. Book. Hillman with his iPad with the, the letters. That oh, like yeah. Hillman does inches. read. He, I walked back from the bathroom. I'm pretty sure I mentioned that to yeah, you when yeah. I sat it's back got like down. like six words on the whole iPad. Yeah. Dude, he's just swiping through pages so fast because <laughs> there's only a handful of lines. And you know he's got that thing. As far away from his face as yeah. possible, so he's still doing it. the thing. Oh right yeah, now. reading this book here. Yeah, it's a good book. Monday, Monday, Monday. I love him. I do too. He's the goat. <laughs> he, is. he is the best. Dirt Car Hall of Fame, Bush Series champion. The accolades just keep going up. Former owner of one of the sickest mustaches in, in NASCAR. That's true. We have they used to always fight. Pictures of him. That was those so are, cool. Those are good. I watched a fight. Uh, at New Hampshire, it was like their entire race team versus David Starr. In the truck series, it was awesome, and you could see Hillman in the back, like senior. And he's like, "You, uh, just screaming at him." It was so good. Oh, oh. Uh, so I used, I still do. I do some of the fan mail oh. at where I work, undisclosed location, and uh, a fan wanted to send. He sent in some like the old school trading cards. I did see those. With Hillman's picture on them. Really? I'm like. Looks nothing like. Who is this guy? Because it's from like 1984. I looked at him. I'm like. I don't know who this is. So I kind of just tossed him off to the side. (laughs) So if you're that fan. So if you're that fan and you're watching this, I'm sorry. But. Wow. I don't know. Real good, Matt. I have a trading card of old TP. Todd Parrott signed. (laughs) It rides around on my truck with me to keep me safe. Old TP. What a character. Oh, man. We, uh, could, we, could, we could designate six episodes. He's a legend. He he's is. a legend. He's actually supposed to come out to some late model races this year. So. Let's go. Is he going to crew chief for you? No, I don't know about crew chief. He's going to help us out. but so, you, can't, Jake, you can't have too many legends around. Jake, why don't you introduce yourself? We've kind of got, we've gone 10 minutes. Glossed right over. Yeah, we kind of There just, we go. Uh, Jacob Courage, originally from uh, Sacramento area out in California. Barstow. Not Barstow. Not one time Matt Barstow. went to California. We went to Barstow, and now he says I'm from Barstow every time. But no, uh, Sacramento raced, uh, family raced. Uh, look, dad, look into the camera. Oh, sorry, sorry. I've never you done know, this you before. Don't have to. I like speaking off into the abyss. But no, uh, family's always been in racing. I've always worked on them and tried to uh, do whatever I can outside of whatever I was doing. I was I kind of played a little bit of college basketball stuff like that. So it's interesting for a driver uh, walking around. First couple times, they were like, hey, dude, the basketball court's down the road. Oh, yeah. He's tall. Did you just sniff your microphone? No, I was adjusting it. (laughs) Yeah, so not too many 6'8 race car drivers. So that that makes it interesting fitting seats and stuff like that. I'd imagine. But, no, it should be cool. It uh, got a little uh, money together to go late model racing this year, and we'll see how it goes. Let's go. Let's go. And the the Cars Tour, right? Cars Tour Pro Late Deal? Yeah, the new season. Cars Tour is professional i mean it's we went there last are you saying two you're, weeks ago. you're not a professional well just coming from west coast is a little different in racing um it's not uh it's definitely not north carolina uh but coming out here we ran the throwback race like three years ago and 
we actually flew out from California and it was, it was a good time. Um, a lot of cars. I mean, out West you get a good car count, maybe 15, 20 cars out here. It's like, well, for them it was 30, 40 cars. And wow. so no, it'll be fun. It's first season of the pro late, uh, in the cars tour. So they're, uh, they got done with their super. We actually took a pro to the super race last weekend in Southern Bo- or South Boston. And, uh, it was fun, kind of just a shakedown for the car and stuff. Yeah. My older brother, Jr. Courage, he he ran it. He hasn't been in the car for three or four years, so it was cool seeing him getting in, barely fit in the fire suit. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm pumped on the the new Prolate series they got coming out with Cars Tour. It's about damn time they brought a real, true Prolate model series, like talking about five flag speedway rules, yep, like what everybody in the like down south runs, like further south than here. And uh, true prolate, so all those guys can get involved. Uh, there's a bunch of kids that, you know, go down there and race. You know, they grow up racing around here, Legends cars and whatnot. Then they go and race prolates, super lates down there. So it's good that they're bringing it uh, more local. I think you'll see a lot of cars showing up. Yeah, the, a lot of guys are, are already talking about it. They have their pros ready because they got done with the supers, and a lot of them just transfer it over and yeah. put a crate motor in it and, and send it. So yeah, that's, that's the best deal about those. For the listeners at home. Is that the only difference, really, between a pro and a super? There's there's a couple different things. I mean, um, motor mainly. Yeah, mainly. motor mainly. But uh, flights mainly. And there's like there's like small rules, like you can't have titanium axles in a yeah. pro, or you can in the super. Some series, I don't know. The rules are different. But yep. biggest things, crate motor. Yeah. So you pretty much buy. I mean, a lot of guys go through their stuff, but you can buy crate motor from Chevrolet. That's what we run a six hundred four, six hundred two is the smaller motor, but I think it's got steel heads and everything but they're great motors i mean we beat up on one one of our motors in our prolate for two years i mean refresh here and there but it's it's good oh, yeah. to go the the price difference is insane compared to oh yeah the super series and everything i mean you have to have i mean you could almost run arca for the price you're running oh, yeah. uh, a super now so it's uh it's good in that aspect you know you can actually go out and be competitive and not have to uh sell a kidney or anything so yeah and I ran I ran pros for a long time down around Texas and Alabama, Florida and stuff, and it's a great series. I mean, I pretty much I'd I'd put a motor in a car, have it refreshed at the end of the year, and put it back in. That's good pretty much the whole year. Never really ever had any big blow ups or issues like that. So, uh, good little series, good thing to kind of get your feet wet in if you're looking to run full size stock car stuff. So, yeah, it's gonna be good. I'm excited. So uh, we have a. Uh we have, uh, I think, four races on the schedule. I really want to go do the Motor Mile. I think that track's awesome. And then Southern oh, yeah. Boston, uh, South Boston. I, I, that was my first time being there. That track's, it's, it's pretty, nice, it's dude. Pretty Super sweet. nice facility. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you keep the momentum in those corners. I mean, it's big swooping corners, so it's, it's, it looks like a lot of fun. My brother had a ball. I mean, we, we were la- getting laughed about every uh, sixteen laps, seventeen laps, just because. I mean, those supers are yeah. five, six hundred horse. So compared to a crate motor, you're looking at maybe 400 if you got a good one so but i, I blame the spotter in that whole deal yeah so i made my spotting debut too that was cool nice, nice. yeah spotting's fun it can be stressful though it can you can look real dumb real quick <laughs> be like, what the hell are you doing like, yeah right. race control gets on you pretty quick but no i went all right i was just pretty much telling him hey leaders are coming about every 15 laps and besides that yeah there was only i think about eight cars nine cars there wasn't a big car count so it yeah. was it wasn't bad it wasn't like it was a packed track but it was good fun guys need to get out to a race this year be uh yeah hell yeah see I mean, if we get off weekend i want to go to more races dude i was thinking about how we record this every wednesday and i'm pretty sure the millbridge big micro sprint race is coming up we're gonna have to like reschedule and or midgets 
and the midget race. Midget That's show. insane. That track. <laughs> I mean, how that many cars they usually start when they have those midgets? The midgets. Yeah. Well, they only did like ten this year. Yeah, the last one they did, but that was like super COVID, like not oh, really true. allowing anybody there. But they'll run like twenty micros on that place. Like, I mean, but that gets that gets sketchy. Oh yeah, but yeah. it looks fun as hell. One but, day I'm gonna get a micro. That's yeah. his dream over there. That's, he talks yeah. about it nonstop. I'm gonna be his driver. He's gonna be a car owner. I'm yeah. gonna be the so, driver. So, to all the fans out there, if you want to donate, I'm gonna crowdfund ten dollars. I'll put your name somewhere on the car. Price of a Big Mac. You could be on yep. a dirt car. That's right. At Millbridge, dude. Millbridge is so crazy. I remember when it's I was young. It's televised every single week. I know. That's, that's what I was about to say. Like when I, when I was young, Millbridge was not a big deal at all. And I feel like it's taken off in the past two, three years. Like whereas a bunch of kids that used like the summer shootout was the big thing for kids to go do back in the day. And Millbridge kind of started to pull some of those kids and it's kind of become like a parallel thing, if not bigger than the summer shootout. 100%. So pretty cool. Ashley yep. and Jeremy have done a fantastic job of bringing that thing to relevancy. And they've like widened the track out too. Yeah. So yeah, it's done, got multiple lanes. and I mean, Yeah, even the facility too, like all the roads going in there now are all yeah, nice. and Top notch. I was there before they even had a catch fence. It was literally just like a go-kart. He was there before it was cool. Damn. Yeah, I was a hipster. But OG. Like, there was no fence around. Like, you could go right up. They didn't race micros and stuff there at the time. It yeah. was more, uh, they did the mini outlaws yep. and yep. The, uh, the box stocks and stuff, which they still do, I think, on Tuesdays. Um, but, yeah, their big their big micro stuff is Wednesdays and Sundays. I think, you, or Wednesdays and Saturdays. You get a lot more of the NASCAR crowd on yep. Wednesdays, uh, like Christopher Bell, Sheldon Creed's out there a bunch. Um, I know Moffat got out there a little bit. Moffat's been out there. A lot of the guys are actually testing their uh, midget cars for Chili Their next-gen cars. Their next-gen. How much smaller is that than Chili Bowl? Uh, uh, it's, I'd say it's about three-quarters the size. Okay. So. You think it's that big? I think it's like half the size. I'd say it's damn near an eighth mile. But, I mean, the Chili Bowl's... Almost a big quarter when it really widens out. Like around the top of the table can get pretty yeah. big. Maybe uh, next week's guest can fill us in a little yeah. bit more. Oh, next that was a good hint. I know sneak, who it is now. Sneak, That's sneak a good preview. little teaser right there. Wow. We're going to have a good guest legend. on next week. Hopefully this, he comes next week. We'll this see. man he had a not. legendary run across uh, in the alphabet soup to get to the A main years back. Yes. Probably yep. the best. And we're not talking about Campbell's people. Nope. <laughs> Probably the best... Uh, Qualify or uh, to get into a race I've seen. I mean, that was, yeah. I still watch that replay of the highlights of that year. That was pretty cool. So, me being in the sport for a while, like the darfiness has kind of gone away. <laughs> um, but when I first saw this driver that could possibly be on the podcast next week, like I went, I got giddy. Like, this is when I know I have made it in my job when I got to work with this guy and, you know, BS and, he picks on me a lot, but <laughs> he's good at right. that. He's really good he's, at that. He can yeah. get you. It'll be he'll be a good guest. Uh, Matt, <laughs> you had some topics, huh? Yeah. So I pitted the Xfinity race, which you did oh, pretty well. And he's immediately going to throw in shade. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Yeah, I don't blame you. I mean this this kind of just builds off of what we've been talking about for the last couple weeks. Oh yeah. What um, car did you pit? So I originally showed up. I was supposed to pit the seventy four. Um, and then Mike Harmon himself walks up to me. Well, he didn't walk up to me. I walked up to him. He was already sitting on the pit box. He, uh, 
he had another tire carrier that also worked for the team that was doing tires for the 74. So he wa- I walked up to him. He goes, hi, are you a good carrier? I said, at one point in my career, I think I was. He goes, hmm. Mm. <laughs> you think That's you're funny. go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go. You think you're a better carrier than that guy right there? I said, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not. He goes, Why don't you go pit the forty seven today? It was the humbleness that got him. He's like, Oh, this guy's acting like he's not any good. He's probably the best carrier yeah, out here. Remember that for later in the story. You got traded. But for the but, uh, yeah, it was upgrade. it was a better situation that day. <laughs> got T money on top of the pit box, dude. I mean, outstanding crew chief. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get him on here. Yes, Raymundo Tisca. So I got I got moved to the 47, but pre race, um, I saw one of the pit crew guys that I normally we jibber jabber back and forth. He was in on the whole grimace thing and the Kool Aid <laughs> Man thing, so he likes to poke fun at me uh, every week. And I usually just take it like his his go to is like, "What are you doing? You're just on your phone all day." Because I'm, that was I a, do. That was a pretty good quotation. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not dump. This oh, is a it isn't. Person. Oh, I thought it was um, Kemper. So, you know, he he always says because he. Sees me doing my actual job, which is which updating being on the, phone. the race team <laughs> on what's going on and updating the fans. Important so, stuff. He pitted a different car in the Xfinity Series. A car, would you say it's a tier above or on par? I don't know who you're talking about. The 07? Oh, uh, I'd say it's on par. Yeah. I mean, the finish is it gets her on par. So, but... What I'm getting at is this person's a professional picker guy, and I'm I'm semi pro right now at best. Semi pro retired. Semi retired. Semi pro. Semi retired. Um, so the expectation level between the two pitting jobs, I think, are pretty different. You know, my stuff is more of the lines of just get it tight, and we'll race oh, yeah. the car. They're looking to pick up spots on pit road. And if you guys have been following along, I haven't pitted since. You've pitted this year. I haven't pitted in three weeks, so I haven't I haven't practiced like every yeah. single day like this is these true. guys do. You caught the can at Indy that one time. Yeah, in the back of the head. Yeah, in the back of the head. That was nice. Cool. Um, so we go out and, you know, I'm working with one guy that I've worked with before, um, the Jack man, but I hadn't worked with the, the two changers. And the changers really kind of facilitate how good your day is going to be. Um, you can only lose time as a carrier and a jack man. You can't you can't make it up. So we were having pretty good stops. Like we were we were holding our own. We would I think we gained five or six spots during the race. Respectful. Respectful as a as a semi you know, respectfully. <laughs> to where the crew chief is like, Oh, we want you back for next week. I'm like, I don't really make that Subtle decision. Flex. Yeah. Um But I show up on Sunday and I go to this changer, you know, I'm finally ready to dish it back because I had a good day on pit road. Oh, yeah. He's feeling Feeling, good. Feeling cocky. And I go up to him and I say, listen, between you and me, I do this for fun and this is your job. And I (laughs) waxed your ass on pit road. (laughs) 
Got him. All day yesterday. He goes, <laughs> bro, we had engine trouble all day. You guys couldn't even change a right rear tire before we could change all four. We'd beat you off pit road every single time. I'm like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just displaying just this information. You. I'm just telling you. Facts. I got to this guy so bad. He goes, bro, I make way more money than you. <laughs> this him. isn't even a contest. You won at that point. You at won. that point, I just stopped because <laughs> yeah. there's, you've already made yourself look like an asshole. There's nothing I can do. Yep. And it's just, not like, just to clarify, Matt's really good at getting under people's skin. Like He has this dry sense of... Well, it's because I show no emotion. That's, yeah, that's it's like it. how he comments neat on all of my Instagram <laughs> posts. And I don't know why. I just feel like this guy's trying to roast me. No, but, that's genuine. I do find all your stuff very neat. neat yeah, that's a very Wisconsin word. Neat. Yeah. Oh, needle, eh? Yeah, that's a needle. Or that's kind of Canadian, but that's close. People. Yeah. They say. They say a. Eh? Uh, you don't accent, you know? You accentuate every vowel. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Just like that. So, you know this this pit crew guy. I'll say there's a there's a tier system within the divisions. So even in the Cup Series, there's tiers of pit crews. There's the house teams, which you're pitting. So say you work for Gibbs, you're going to pit a Gibbs car. Then you got kind of what I call your taxi squad, which is you kind of work on a car farther down in the field. But if someone were to get hurt on one of the main teams, you go up to that team and they replace someone on the taxi you're squad. You're like the sixth man in basketball. You're right. Like, you're you're right like there. the guy. <laughs> and then there's the Devo teams. And these Devo guys, you know, it goes one or two ways. They uh, whip it. Some guys are Devo really reference. cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. I thought it was whip it. That's what I said, whip uh, it. Oh, I thought you said. Yeah. Anyway. I said whip it. Go ahead. Whip it good. Yeah. Took him right off his tracks. Then there's, see that? Yeah. Holy. <laughs> just put the brakes on. But then there's the Devo teams, which some of, to save costs, some of the teams get. Just to kind of get them reps, get them familiar with the Cup Series, how it goes and stuff. Um, I would classify this person as a Devo person. So they're not even on the taxi squad, and they're not on a house car. And you just want to sit there and think you're that much better than me? How long has this guy pitted Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I am. (laughs) That's a good question. How long has he been doing this? Honestly, I don't don't think he's been doing it that long. I think another guy you're talking about, and he's a younger dude. So yeah. probably not that long, but we'll still make fun of him. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes you got to swallow, so if, if swallow he wants your pride. To, if he wants to come on and defend his side of the story, there by you all go. means. That's an invite. But, you know, to have that much entitlement to be, I mean, I'm he, not knocking you. You you work for a very good organization. And he makes a lot of money, apparently. He makes way more Dude money makes than me. billions of dollars. <laughs> got a house in the lake from changing tires. People that are some have some do, yeah. Not, not, not <laughs> maybe not next year, maybe not next year. It's, I think it's, I could change tires next year. I'm trying to be a fuel man. I mean, you're you gotta, tall. you gotta bend down, yeah. yeah you're that's kind of rare, yeah. I know, uh, you Danny. could reach around and do both front tires at the same time, <laughs> perfect. But yeah, so that was my little, little riff, all right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah, mean, I'm sorry, yeah, it took yeah, up a lot nah, of time, yeah, no, nah, yeah, no, nah, yeah. But that was uh, that was interesting. Oh yeah, it's always interesting. There's lots of interesting stories at the racetrack. I did a little karaoke this weekend in the infield. If y'all might have seen my Instagram post, 
That's kind of like a tradition. I don't know why my parents and their friends, David and Kissy, they've been friends since high school. They've known me since I was a baby. Uh, they love to get into a little karaoke at the racetrack in the infield. They get pretty wild down there. They kind of started at Daytona. It's actually funny. They came to Daytona to watch me race, and then in Texas, it, that's when it snowed and everything iced over. So they couldn't go back. So they just stayed all week in Daytona and Hell watched yeah. me race the the road course that next week, which is pretty cool. They got like, and since they did that, they got a sweet ass spot on Lake Lloyd, like That's super sick. good. But they, uh, I guess got bored during the week. So they bought a karaoke or they bought a mic. It's not really karaoke. You just hook your phone up Bluetooth and play a song and you just sing aggressively sing over them. Yeah. I mean, singing. they really don't sing over it. I, I sing over it. You could definitely tell like they kind of <laughs> go quiet enough where it sounds okay, but I will sing into the mic. Like I will be on it like that. So you cannot hear touch your lips. So you cannot hear the music. You want to give us a little taste? No, I mean I'll tell you what's like some of my go tos are uh, bartender song by Rehab, uh Miss You by the Rolling Stones. Get a little in there, you know what I'm talking about? Uh there's lots of good ones out there. Uh pretty much anything that's that last one as a sound bite. We probably do. Anything that's like an old song like that, uh Especially a, some good early 2000s songs always hit home. I'm a big uh, Brooks and Dunn, you know, Neon Moon. Oh, yeah. That's, great, see, that's great a good one. That's song. a good one. I feel like a lot of those old country songs are good ones. My Just, dad's big on Country Boy Can't Survive. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's pretty on brand. So how was the homecoming? You had fun? Oh, yeah, dude. It's always fun going down there. The infield at Texas, I, I think just because I know it and I know, I, I don't really know the people, but I know the spots down there. There's this one sweet-ass Airstream setup they got. The whole side, it like, opens up, and they got a bar in there. They got speakers in there. They got a bunch of little games you can play. There's also this sweet-ass, like, two-story bus that drives around the infield. I've been on there before. They got karaoke on there, actually, as well. But uh usually try to run them off from our karaoke setup. That's, that's where the karaoke is really going down. Top five party destination for nascar i think so there's a I lot think of you're a little biased I, I definitely am a little biased because i've been to that one so many times i think if i were to go out in michigan and feel i'd probably have a great time too i think it's probably a sneaky one that just popped up road america oh i think definitely I bet, I bet people know how to throw down <laughs> oh that's wisconsin they drink wisconsin. beer up there you know what i'm saying that kind of sound northeastern but whatever yeah uh, Austin. yeah <laughs> i think uh like a good like a nighttime Around a little Elkhart Lake Raceway. I got in trouble at Sonoma Raceway during the Legends uh, Nationals when they had them there. Did probably That was probably, what, eight, nine years ago? That was a while ago. Um, I found it was actually our sponsors, Vespa, brand new. Had like two hours on it. And one of the other drivers, uh, Machine Tyrell, kids a shoe. Like one of the best Legends drivers. He's still out west racing, but... We were racing. He was on a 50. I was on the Vespa. Vespa was like a 60 or 70 cc, so it was almost as fast as But a, you're, you're a, a large individual. I'm a large individual, and I'm not very good on a bike. High center of gravity. It just right. doesn't work out real well. Um, come around a corner, and there's a quad sitting right where mm. my line, my racing line was perfect. Smacked the apex. Exited perfect. He was right there. Nothing I could do. Laid the Vespa down. Tried to run it off, but I was doing like 35 miles an hour. And... Uh, Took a nice little spill, and I look up like halfway through falling and trying to like, catch myself. It was a cop on a uh, oh. quad, 
And at Sonoma, they hire like highway patrol and like all them to, cause it's so big. There's so many roads around there. And he had been watching us from on the track for like half an hour. And he was just waiting for us to come close enough pretty much. And, uh, I came around the corner, laid it down, jumped up, grabbed a bike. I had a couple beers before this, mm-hmm. so I didn't really want to talk to the man and the bike kind of <laughs> slid perfectly down almost to our campsite. So I just kind of picked the bike up and like limped it back into the campsite, set it up, sat in the chair and the cop just like walked right over. It was like, kept yelling at me and stuff. Said, hey, stop, sir, sir. And I was just like, this is it. This is where I'm going to get, going to get it. And, uh, parents were there. My brother was racing. We had, we had like a setup and everything, but, uh, yeah, the cop actually took my license and I thought, oh. yeah, I thought it was going to be all bad, but luckily we knew, uh, my brother knew a couple of the people at the track and everything. And they were only a couple campers down that were running the series. It was, mm-hmm. I forgot it was legends of Pacific or something. That was our group. Sick ass name. Yeah, it was cool. It was good, good racing. But uh, yeah, I got away with that one. But the Vespa, it broke the key off the ignition. So the next day before practice, I spent two hours picking the end of a key out of an ignition. That so, sucks. But it was a good time. We uh, we it's a good uh, infield for sure. Well, it's not really I think infield. just anywhere where you're racing and you're staying overnight, like especially when you're like acts like like Legends Racing, for example. Yeah. I'm sure it's just, like it's the same thing with late models. Wherever you're staying overnight, it's always so much fun because all the racers are there. They're all about having a good time. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's friends for the night until the next day when you're racing. So. Yeah, there was a couple guys that were uh, puking in helmets the next day. Oh, if, yeah. if that tells you anything about the party we had, but uh, the best one, uh, he actually got fast time and pulled into the pits and emptied his helmet out, getting Ooh. out of. It. And we were like, "You got fast time." He's like, "I don't care. I need to go take a shower." <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a good time. That was probably 2012, 13, I think. But yeah. Legends cars, man. I wish I was wasn't six foot eight because they're really fun to drive. Oh, I've really driven around fun. parking lots and stuff at the shop, but never, never at the track. I just, I think my knees would go through the dashboard if we ever got a yeah, I got a serious crash. Yeah. So, what was your progression? Did you go from go karts straight to full body stock cars? Uh, yeah. Well, actually, I didn't even race go karts. I just had go karts. I had a shifter cart. Um, I had old. It was called a sidewinder cart, and it had won a national championship in like. I want to say it was like 82, like me and my dad restored it. It was sweet. And of course it got stolen, but I pretty much learned how to grow like race using that. We would, uh, there was a nice parking lot down the road from my house in Sacramento that was pretty much a racetrack. I mean, it had elevation change and everything, nice corners. And so go down there all the time. But yeah, I mean, I, I was, my dad raced, uh, pretty much Arca. It was Winston West back in the day. Coca-Cola Cowboy. There's some funny pictures of my dad. He uh, he used to work for Sacramento Coca-Cola, so he would get – he had a uh, – he would run big big block Mopars, Chryslers, in nice. like uh, the bomber division and everything and made his way up. So I was always around racing, and it was uh, pretty much a jump from a mechanic, really, because, I mean, I'd driven late models. You know, we had a bunch of acreage out and big driveway and stuff, so I'd jump in the car and knew how to drive them and stuff like that, but – yeah, I uh, got an opportunity to uh, go test, like, shake down, and then I did a couple of starting parks for my brother. He owns he owned three or four of them at the time, so um, did a couple of shakedowns, starting parks, then finally got to go full kill, a um, couple of races. Did all right. I, did, I just really didn't have the funding to uh, pay for a crash class, <laughs> so, yeah. so I was just really taking it easy, just taking care of the car, but um, this time, this this year coming up should be really fun. I, I think I have enough money to actually go out and Hell yeah. be serious. So late model racing is so much fun. I mean, the people in it, it, it's, you got some legends. I mean, oh yeah, it's a good time. 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, Perfect. Yeah. yeah, I miss I miss short track racing. I just miss the the times you could have when you're camping out like that. Like yeah. I'm trying to think of anything right now. I know I have something good, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head. What were the tracks you ran? Lay models at in Texas. In Texas, there was so Houston Motorsports Park, Central Texas Speedway, and uh, San Antonio Speedway was open for a little bit. It was actually recently on uh what's that Dale Junior show? Lost Speedways. It was on Lost Speedways. Yeah. It's pretty cool. They should have interviewed me for it because I won a race there. Well, you you have been on TV before. No, I was saying have me on TV for that. Like every Sunday? I mean, (laughs) every Saturday, but prior to that. I'm I'm not trying to get on TV. I was trying to talk about San Antonio Speedway because it's cool. I'm, it, I'm alluding hey, to your your sweet little show with the Track Daniel, Rats. Yeah, with yes. Daniel Hammer. Didn't your best friend Kemp run at San Antonio Speedway a mini stock? Oh, allegedly. I don't. Allegedly, there's no pictures on the internet. I would not it. race a mini stock or anything less than like an actual race car than at San Antonio Speedway because I think you might die. Yeah, is it like, like that? it was so like it was so fast <laughs> and the crashes that would happen there were so gnarly. How like, about that? Big block modified wreck. Oh my! Up in what was that? Uh, Connecticut. That was yeah, like a tour type modified. Yeah, yeah. I've actually raced there. Waterford Speed Bulls. Waterford. Yeah, pretty cool little track up there. Glad everybody's uh, okay on that. Up there in Connecticut. I don't know. Well, they said everybody was going to survive. So so here's like really, I didn't even know anybody got hurt. Yeah, there was multiple. Fifty people standing on. I saw that because that was that was the pit side. That wasn't the grandstand side. Yeah, that was backstretch. Right? Because oh. I actually saw uh, the Black Flag podcast guys were at that race in the grandstands, and from their angle of it, you can see it go up the wall like that, which is crazy because there's an opening right there that he didn't hit the opening. Ooh, cut the car in half. Yeah. Doing my car. He could have harmed that thing. <laughs> that Bristol throwback. But yeah, no, Waterford's actually, I race Legends, I race Legends cars everywhere, but Waterford was one of the places that was really cool. Never got to win there. Pretty bummed. They, like, there's some tracks you go to. Like there's some tracks you can go to like a like a bigger Legends car team and go run well at. Like there's some up there in the northeast. Like there's Chemung Speedrome I raced at. Uh, we won there. There's a couple of them up there. Uh, but Waterford, Waterford, the locals there. That's uh, they don't play around. That's Tommy Baldwin uh, country up there, ain't it? Tommy Baldwin. Tommy Baldwin. That's another. We should get him Tommy. as a guest. We yes, need, we yes. need Tommy. Yeah, uh, but like yeah, uh, I'd say Waterford. Langley, Virginia has tough locals, dude. When you go there, that track's just so weird. Stafford. I think Stafford. Stafford. Well, I never raced at Stafford, but then I, I'd go as far as to say that the Texas Lokes in Legends cars back in the day, like you used to have some big names. You have a uh, Stephen Ross come down, Daniel Hemrick come down, and they weren't taking down the Texas Lokes. We were watching that race with them in it. You were remember you were uh, oh yeah the Legends car that was the Legends Nationals at, yeah where you started uh, shotgun Langley. on the field yeah I started dead last pretty much I used the I had won a national qualifier and we sucked all weekend so I just ran the B main and used it for extra practice but that was when uh Evan Swilling just flipped the hell out of a Legends car pretty spectacular I remember like I can still see it in my head as I was driving by it flipping up here pretty awesome uh that track's dangerous for Legends cars I think anything because it's so flat and fast true like any track it's like texas dude like like when brandon brown hit the wall this weekend he really wasn't even like it looks like you're going slow when you hit the wall off too but you're not it's just it's so flat it takes and it takes you a long time to get there but when you hit it dude you knock the hell out of it that's like uh jj last year in the fat boy car. exactly exactly dude it, dude talking about the fall 
Texas race. Oh yeah, that was a bad week. That gives me nightmares, dude. As a it's guy. I mean, I think it's <laughs> bad. It's it's been bad two years in a row for different reasons. This year, I mean, they wrecked half the field on like lap thirty this year off the off turn two. I'd, All because Bubble ran out of talent. I mean, it happens. I've I've done it before over I mean, there in practice. That was his direct quote. He literally really? said, "I ran." Out okay, of yeah, you can't be mad at that one. You can't you be. Said. Yeah, okay. I don't want to be swaying <laughs> any which way on this podcast. Yeah. He literally <laughs> said, "I ran out of Everybody's time." All right, ten four, ten four. Uh, <laughs> no political I, stance I, here. I uh, we love Bubba here. I uh, we are not pro neither against Bubba. We yeah. fall right down the middle. Yeah, we're right down the middle. We don't go either way because we don't. We try to make everyone happy because that always works. Yep. Uh, Especially in NASCAR. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now saying but that like, I don't understand us. how those wrecks like that off a of turn two don't happen more often because it is impossibly narrow down that back straightaway. A lot of people don't realize it, but really, like, three wide, and you're like, if you went four wide, you'd be door to door from wall to white line. <laughs> and I'm not kidding. And it's tight. Like, I went three wide into turn three last week, and I was scared. But I was like, I know, I, I was like, these guys will definitely lift before me. I'm What's not. The, what was the pucker factor? High. But like, I knew, like, I was in the middle. So kind of there's like the high lane there or the second lane is where you want to be. So I was like, all right. Cause I was, it was Brandon Brown on the bottom, me in the middle, Tommy Joe on top. I was like, well, Tommy, he's not going to like chop me. So he's just going to get up in the junk and he'll, he'll fall back. Brandon's going to try to stick it in there and stay there, but he's just not gonna because. There's not enough room. The the top's way too dominant, or the second lane is way too dominant at Texas, especially three and four. Three and four at Texas is very sketchy. There's not a lot of room for error. But in an Xfinity car, you're like all but wide open. So can you tell the difference between resin and PJ1? Resin just comes in faster. That's the only difference I feel. So that's what because like you know, and it I, may, and I think and I think maybe the resin like when it gets like. A good resin versus a good PJ1, I think the PJ1 is a little bit overpowered. It's a little OP. Hmm. Because the resin's there just enough that you need it's it. It's just enough, but it's and it's there quick, too. Like, I went up there pretty early, and it wasn't really good, but it wasn't like the PJ1 when it's not activated yet, and it's just junk. Like, I went in turn three, and I was kind of moving all over the place, but I still was able to get through there. If I went in there like that that early with PJ1... I would have been wadded up big. And then turn three, you can knock the head. Uh, turn three and four, it's like, dude, Truex, when he hit the wall, yeah. killed that thing. Hard hit. Speaking of racing services, how do you? Uh, what's your opinion on the Atlanta Motor Speedway? I've been seeing them repave it, and I don't know. It'll be, it'll be I think it's going to be really fast. It's going to be very fast. <laughs> I think it'll be – I think an Xfinity car will be absurdly fast there. I think they're going to have to do, like, the package they had at Indy back in the day. Uh with the Xfinity car. If they don't, we'll be going like 205 miles an hour. I think in nice. I think one. it'll be multi multi lane racing or just it's gonna be well, the there's bottom. really not very many lanes to be run on because it's gonna be so narrow. Yeah, they're narrowing it up, aren't they? Yeah. Uh it's gonna be like Darlington, but bigger and faster. So you can run the wall? Probably, dude. You're gonna be like either running the wall or running the white line. It's gonna be right there. So uh Good Lord, jeez. Yeah, I know. You yell at me for having my phone. I was waiting for you. I was waiting for you to get on me. I was waiting for you to get on me. Uh, at least mine wasn't ringing out loud. Mine wasn't ringing out loud. It was, we'll say it, it was. was we'll just say it was. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of excited. I've been watching on Pave It. I'm excited to like see if they're gonna have tests there or anything like that. Well, they have to. 
now I just go and dry. No practice either. Make that the one race is no practice. It's like COVID where you just unload the car and send it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Atlanta tackle. is where COVID started. We got there. Yeah. And we're going to go set you home. We went home. <laughs> but Atlanta, it'll it'll wear pretty quickly. I mean, they, they get snow and stuff. And yeah, that's true. That's, not a lot of snow, but it should Enough wear. But, to, I mean, so does Texas, and it's not really wearing that's true. how they'd like it to. I, I think say, that's the uh, the compound that they used. No, yeah, because they got some new kind of asphalt. They got they got this new asphalt now that like drains water. Apparently, I saw that, and they have but like drain pipes under the racetrack to funnel the water out. Which but I, I heard like it's a, it's a not a great racing surface. Yes, it it funnels water, and you can race faster. Put on it, it on the apron. But I hear <laughs> that the racing surface itself is not as good. What do you mean not as good? It's like not it's, as grippy. It, it doesn't take rubber as good. Really? Mm. See, I know. When did they have they used this type of stuff before? Um, where was the last repave? Kansas. I know they used it on the last place in Charlotte. I know that I've seen the pictures of it, and the asphalt is very dark. Right. And or Kentucky. Kentucky. Well, look, we don't even go to Kentucky anymore. Yeah, so but we'll, we'll, obviously we'll, that worked out yeah, really can, well. We need more cement tracks in NASCAR. Yeah, they're over. Honestly, this Nashville's fun and it's it's concrete. Yeah. So I I'm, I'm gonna I'll die on this hill. We need three touring series at the Milwaukee Mile. I uh, yeah, I, I Milwaukee would be sick. I think a modern day Xfinity car at Milwaukee would rip. It would be sick, dude. Like you can use the bumper in the Xfinity car. Hell, I was using it at Texas at a mile and a half, but. The way they work, the way they line up, like one and two, it's so hard to pass at TMS. And if I had momentum, I was just going to move whoever was in front of me. I did it a couple of times and it surprisingly didn't crash anybody or anything bad happened. I was just able to pass them and move on. So one of the coolest tracks in California, I think for short track racing, uh, Kern County Raceway. It's mm-hmm. pretty new. Um, we took a modified there a couple of times. My brother actually won modified race there, but... Beautiful facility. I wish they would send like an ARCA race there or yeah, something it's because it's super nice. It's fast too. It's it's good racing. Couple lanes. I've so. always wanted to go because they have that big super late race there. Yeah, I've always wanted to go run that. I want. There's out, a couple cool ones. Shout out, out Jeremy Doss and all those guys out there always running those tracks. Yeah. And, I mean, there's that. All American Speedway is cool. That's where my my dad has a track championship there. Older oldest brother has a track championship there. So all the Northern California tracks I have love for. It's stocked in '99. Some legends started there. It's it's a little beat up, but it's it's a fun place to race. But there's some cool racetracks out there, really. Like, I guess this is more Southern California, but I raced uh, Blythe. I don't know if it's open. I don't really remember the actual name of it. I might have. Oh, it's right there. <laughs> I-10 Lucas Oil Speedway. Just uh, winter black. Just bash your head on the microphone. Yeah, 2008 <laughs> Blythe, California. The weirdest shape racetrack I've ever raced on in my entire life. Like a peanut. It's like it's like a quarter mile Pocono. So the short shoot is really short. Like the first, I ran a double header there. It's almost like Nazareth. Yeah, the the like the short shoot between three and four is like so short that you can either a like the first day I did this. I'd go and turn three. I'd stay on the bottom, gas it up again, lift again for four, and then turn again. How do you set a car up for that? For and then the next day, I was like, I only like that. That just, slugs. that just feels weird. So. I just started driving in so deep into turn three, and I would just swing it way out, like in that little short shoot, and then cut back across four, and that was even faster. But it was it was definitely a weird racetrack. Not a lot of stuff around there. There was like some weird little burger stand that we went to that was like on the way there. Pretty cool, but uh, 
Well, they used to have uh, Mesa Marin. My dad raced there. It was almost. I, was that Kern? Uh, well, it was Bakersfield. There was Bakersfield. Mesa Marin's Bakersfield. Okay. And so, but um, I think it was Mesa Marin. But it was, my dad told me it was almost off camera. It was so flat, it was almost off camera. Really? Yeah, and he said it. Or no, this was Saugus. Sorry. Totally different track. Saugus is almost, it's not a track anymore, but it's. It's like a parking lot. Yeah. But the racetrack, like the walls are still there. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like sitting in the middle of a industrial area. But there's a couple of tracks like that. Uh, Carson City was a really cool track. It had no outside walls in one and two and three and four. And so if you went off, you're in the desert. And so you'd see just clouds and clouds of sand and stuff and then the car so would jump back up onto the track would there be walls like in the straightaways yeah so, be, so that's that's like how south alabama's that way like yeah. if you go off uh one and two or three like three and four it's a little better but if you go off one and two you can go forever yeah and there's nothing out there i raced at florence motor speedway and there was no there's no uh walls and on the turns and uh, i watched a guy almost make it to the woods he you could drop a wheel off at florence coming into three and if you don't get it back up fast enough, you totally miss the oh, entrance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I watched him get off, get back on, and lock him up. And he literally jumped the car. I saw the bottom of the car while I was entering. I'm like, I got on the radio. I'm like, is that guy okay? And he's like, yeah, he's, he's driving around the woods now. Because <laughs> literally, it's like, <laughs> it's like 100 yards, maybe that. And then there's straight up woods. <laughs> really? Fun track. A lot of sand on the track, though. That made yeah, it I went down there and I helped a buddy of mine. That reminds me, flying off racetracks. I'm going to bring up a name you'll probably haven't heard in a while or haven't heard at all. Ryan Lawler. No, I've heard of him. Lawler. He, he ran, he ran some truck stuff like when I ran Bandoleros. He was a Texas guy. He, at Mobile, there's no there's no walls. Oh, you, got a front, you got a front straightaway at Mobile, and that is it. And, dude, he jumped off. Like, and if you fall off the back, it's like a damn hill all the way down <laughs> to the trees. You're jumping it. He went off. like He, like, got right rear, went off. And flipped all the way down this hill and like into the trees. And this was back in the day, like Hans devices weren't even required. In like a super open late. seats, not even. He like had. A he didn't have a Hans device. He got out fine. And I'm like, dude, you are. I didn't say this, but because I was like nine years old when this <laughs> happened. But in my head, I'm like, that's like the luckiest thing that could have ever happened. To you. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, I've seen some pretty crazy wrecks. It's been uh, interesting. Short track racing, you see some wild stuff. Oh yeah. I uh, I was at All American Speedway and a bomber. Had a passenger and the guy put his hand between the door and the roll bar and got door slapped and the guy was screaming and finally, I think it was a yellow or something, the guy got out of the car. Like the guy told him he got out of the car on on the front stretch while they're like yellow flag and ran over to the ambulance with no fingers. That was probably one of the craziest. Bomber's got some good wrecks. I know Matt's trying to lead into something else right now, but I have one more story. Short track racing support. About when we were at Nashville Fairgrounds and I was racing Bandoleros, there was this bomber. This they're racing on the quarter mile. This bomber goes off in turn one, wah, mm, head on in the wall. Like didn't really do anything. Just drove head on in the wall. He put that bitch in reverse, backed up, and then just got right back in line under caution. <laughs> like nothing had happened. <laughs> and I, he did it so fast. It was like when Chase Elliott hit the tire wall at the Roval that year. Like right. he like hit it. Like cranked before he even stop, put it in reverse. Yeah, and aggressively up, put it on the column. One wheel peel off the wall and just kept digging. It was pretty sweet. All right, Matt. All right, we're gonna transition. Great transition here. We're gonna transition to. We put up a question on Reddit. So if you guys want to be more interactive with the show, uh, we'll probably put up a question every single week. Uh, but a topic, the first topic, which I think is an interesting one, from either a driver or you know marketing guy standpoint. 
Uh, what are the bad experiences with fans or sponsors you've had? I mean, you can't. I've really never had bad experience with a fan other than like maybe like coming back six times for hero cards or something. <laughs> yeah, that that grinds my gears. I think for me, I've had bad experiences with sponsors. Because the guys who pay watch money, what you say here. <laughs> no names, no names. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna name names. It's just uh, I'll say, depending on the monetary donation they have made, some are way more demanding than others, and that can be, you know, frustrating from my perspective of trying to do my job. Yeah. One of the craziest things I've ever seen from a sponsor. Um, one of the sponsors brought, I don't, what, I don't even know how to explain what they would be. A monkey. Not monk. No, not a monkey. Um, that would be cool. Like promo He's, girls. Eh. Nothing wrong with that. Mm. No. He proposed to one of them on. Oh, the yeah. Road. What? Yeah. At a race this year, he proposed to one of his promo girls on pit road. Did she say yes? She did say yes. Congratulations. Wow. That's awesome. So that was a wild experience on pit road. What, what, did you, what did you like? Were you nearby when this happened? I was I was close by. I was I was kind of trying to get the whole crowd. Were you like walking up area. and like stopped in your tracks and saw what was happening? It happened like two minutes before I got there. Was it during the race? No, it was pre-race. So okay. I mean, there was tons was of it like fair. So was it on pit road or like by the pit box? It was in our pit box on pit road. You know what? Hats off to that guy. Hey, yeah. That takes some balls. Sometimes he, when you know, you know. He shot his shot. I mean, they'll yeah. never forget that. No, it's just an <laughs> iconic story. I'm not going to forget that either. I wasn't even there. <laughs> For real. Uh, I like when sponsors uh, do a little pregame before they come out and get on yeah, the road. That's yeah, that's fun. This year alone, I've had to re- remind people that you cannot have... Got to be professional. Beverages on pit road. Hey, James Finch did it a lot. <laughs> Right, but and he, having a coffee cup when it's ninety degrees out with a top on it doesn't look good. I, I said <laughs> a little you, suspicious. You know, I said you know as long as you don't have them on pit road, you can go right behind this fence and drink them, but you just can't have them here. And then they came back with uh, styrofoam cups. Yeah, it was coffee. Yeah, coffee, double cup, 90, with Bailey's, 90, <laughs> ninety-three degrees outside. But yeah, if you guys want to drink coffee, by all means. And the worst thing is, so I, I have to do like a pre-race talk to sponsor people. You know, respect the crew chief and the, the engineer. This is kind of, you know, we're, we're all happy you're here, but we kind of need you to respect. Stay behind the, the dotted line. Stay behind the orange tape. What's <laughs> the first thing they do? First pit stop. They're all over top. And our engineer has to cuss them out aggressively. Which is impressive because that was Hillman too, wasn't it? Correct. And usually Hillman does speak his mind. He doesn't mind He's telling people. Steve, get these guys out of here. <laughs> Steve so, Gray, also a legend. Yeah. It's, it can be challenging at times, but no. at the end of the day, we're all there. They're all we, happy. We wouldn't be there with some of those right. people not being there. So. so shout out to all the sponsors, big and small. You yep. guys mean a lot to us in the sport. I actually had – I did uh, at Indy this year, um, we had to take some sponsors, and none of them had um, hot passes. It was all for the for the um, booth or whatever. And uh, our boss wondered if I could get them down onto pit road just to, you know, get a nice little tour or whatever. And so I asked one of the, the main security guys, I'm like, hey, I have my hard car, blah, blah, blah. Can I 
can I just give him a quick? And uh, he was totally cool with it. Took really? Him. Yeah. And usually they're like, no way. At Indy? At Indy. Damn, a and yellow so, shirt. A yellow shirt? A yellow shirt. And then we started wow. walking. I was like, I'm going to do real quick. I'll do up and down. I'm going to show them their pit box that their, their sponsors are from and everything. And uh, we're walking by. And I, I don't know his name. The NASCAR official, bigger guy, big beard. It's really cool. I forgot. I totally forgot. I was drawing a blank. But uh, he asked him. They had a couple kids. They were like, hey, do you want to come take a picture with Kyle Busch's car? And I'm like, they usually know. This was pre-race, like probably 10, 15 minutes before the race started. It all came over, took pictures with the car and everything. And this is Indy. They were still pretty strict with the COVID stuff. I mean, there was there was people, yeah, but it wasn't. Right. It was limited, so that was really cool. Usually, they're uh, sticklers for, especially there, dude. Yellow shirt, yellow shirts don't mess around. No, they Indy don't. Indy was my first race uh, going on the road. Uh, last was it last year? Yeah, last year. Yeah, Indy holds a special place in my heart. That's where I made my uh, cup debut as was, a pit crew guy. Really? Yep. Same, actually, because I was second cam, but that's not really pit crew. It's, I mean, sport it's staff. Sport, but um, that was that was also really cool. I mean, I think that was I, the last race on the Brickyard, like yeah. on the Oval. Yep. yep. Yeah, I had Joey Gase did actually really good. He was, I think, 18, <laughs> that's right. 19. I have one of the funniest pit crew stories, I think, and I'm going to share it right now. Good deal. Um, so. This was, this was during COVID, so nobody was at the racetrack, and um, it wasn't my team. It was the team next up on pit road. Um, they, I don't know how to say this without <laughs> throwing somebody under the bus. Um, the rear changer had to go to the bathroom, but there really aren't any bathrooms on pit road, and it's super long. There's a porta potty all the way at the end, so this pit crew person. When was laying a log, was pinching one off, and the car's coming down pit road, and they're like, "Where's the rear changer? Where's the rear changer?" Oh no! And this is <laughs> this is where Dump came in. Dump, perfect name for it. Yeah. He changed. <laughs> he uh, he's not a changer. He's a gas man, but he was he was doing second can at the time. He so he's wearing a fire suit. So he's like, "This is my time to shine." No way! No way! Nobody gets to do this. So he takes the gun, no puts way. his helmet on, and he changed four tires. No way. Yeah. Why so, didn't I know about this? I've heard um, this story, I think. But yeah. Dump, Dump's a legend for that. Yeah. So this Shut changer up. gets back, and everyone's like, where were you? Where were you? We had a four-tire pit stop. She, they go, what? Huh? <laughs> so And Dump's like, it's like, I got it. I got it's it. Covered because he's like, this will never happen again. I'll never be able to change mm. tires again. I'm like, he'll he'll tell his grandkids that story. Yeah, he's a so he's. I think he's done everything. You want to hear about the time your grandpa changed tires? The brickyard four hundred tire changer was taking a poop. <laughs> so I mean, that's that's a wild story, but that's that happened the day that I made my debut. Um, wild story about pit crew. Todd Parrott. I was actually his car chief at Bristol last year, and James for James Davison. Um, don't know what that was, yeah. but blew the splitter off and we had to uh, knock, well, blew it down and uh, we were trying to get it up off the ground and uh, he threw me a helmet. I didn't even know whose helmet it was. I'm standing next to the box trying to catch a can and he throws this aluminum block that he, we were next to Gibbs or somebody, he doesn't even ask their crew, walks over and grabs this thing off their pit box, like gets down from the box. This is Bristol night race, walks over, grabs the aluminum block and Looks at me, throws the aluminum box from across the thing, and goes, "Go throw this under the splitter, and we'll drop the car on it." And all the whole time, the Gibbs—we're the only ones on pit road. The Gibbs guys are all just standing there, like 
just staring. They're like, why just did this? Ready to see probably don't even on. know who Todd Parrott is, just to be honest. I mean, they're like, they all they look should. like they're, yeah, they, they need to. That's but, a legend. Very much so. Cup Series champion. First crew chief to make a million dollars. First time I went over the wall in my career and uh, threw this block under there and told the Jackman to drop the car on it. And when I told you he dropped, they had it up to try to bang fenders out and everything. The thing was up there. It was like two pumps up there. And the kid just went, <laughs> this car dropped from like a foot and a half. <laughs> and the splitter went, bing, perfect. And James Davidson had never driven there before. He showed up to the track that day and was like looking around like, holy cow, guys, we're, we're doing this. Because that was COVID season, no practice, nothing. He had never driven that track till the green flag dropped. And uh, we got him back out there. And unfortunately, one of the splitter bars had uh, moved just enough where he turned uh, he turned left and it, it started getting to the tire. Uh-huh. So it, it retired him. But I, uh, I went over the wall that day and I was like, I'll probably never forget that. The funniest part was the block, though. Like he literally took gives zero fucks and walked right yeah. over there and t- took it off their box. Todd Parrott like, was interesting, man. Usually, I love that guy. Usually those guys are pretty generous when it comes to that stuff, but I think in the heat of the moment, I think they were just shocked that like, yeah. he didn't even ask. He just <laughs> ran over there and grabbed it. Like, I think they had used it because everybody was, that was a, that was a pretty hectic race. There was a lot of wrecks and that. So I think they had may already use it. And I think that's where he saw it and was like, that's a great idea. I'm going to this <laughs> need this. But, uh, that was that was interesting. Being a car chief was stressful during COVID, man. Two races a week, that was insane. Oh yeah. I mean, that was for everyone in, involved, it was especially for our well, the organization we work for, it was a little hectic. We were having four that was five cars with Tommy, right? I feel like at one point we had seven. I think we gotta cut that. Yeah, maybe. NASCAR doesn't like But it wasn't it was like it was just the service. <laughs> it wasn't really I mean don't tell me they don't know what was going on. Like yeah, they, they knew. We all showed up. I mean, it was uh, all the social media too. Every time we posted something, there was like, yeah, was like oh, that's every weird. car was in the same shop. Mm. Mm, that's right. Is there any more questions? We really ran with that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, how do you manage expectations versus reality? You know, in your current situation. I guess that was geared more towards you. I don't know. Just I don't know. I just go drive. It's, good as I can I really don't I try not to keep honestly expectations are just to for me to be as good as I can be if I mess up then that's like if I mess up once that's below my expectations I want to be perfect when I go out there and whatever happens after that happens I mean that that's the only thing I can control I mean there's nothing else I can't do anything else all I can control is what I go and do on the racetrack what mistakes I make and that's it so Plain and simple answer for you. Here's one for you. How do you approach trying to get new sponsors? Do you cold call or you just work through a friend of a friend? Uh, I mean, both, I guess. Cold call. Matt helps me out with that. Uh, and it's it's kind of hard. It, I mean, it's it's hard to... It's really hard to initiate that conversation, like, especially if you're just, like, just sending emails, too. It's tough. Like, like it's just going to go in their junk folder, like... 85% of the time. But the one that you do get that actually answers back and then you talk to them for a bit, uh, that's that's what you do it for. And you, I've heard a, there was a GM a long time ago when I very first came out here. So you just got to keep keep throwing shit at the wall until something sticks. I mean, Yeah. You send out 25 emails. You get three responses. Then after they ask for pricing, you get um, one, one maybe. You get one, one maybe. You get one back. 
And then from that one, you talk, you talk, you talk, and then they say, yeah, it's not in the budget right now, so why don't you come back in six months? Yeah. It's a tough environment right now because a lot of companies are still hurting from yeah. COVID. Yeah, and, and they can't even get stuff to them. Like, uh, yeah, they're they're back to back at it, but they don't have the stuff to. Uh, yeah, I know, like, even just car manufacturers, dude. Like, yeah. well, look at the Hoosier deal. We can't even get tires for late yeah. models. I mean, I'm it's, surprised that hasn't affected Goodyear at all, especially. I mean, because they make like real road tires too. Yeah, right. Like all the tire companies, but Hoosier's small. Hoosier's very small. So well, that's Hoosier's owned by Goodyear. Is it? Nah, I don't think. Which one is General Tire? Owns General, General Tire. Tire. Who's General your owns Tire General? They got. Yeah. They got the Arca series. That's right why. There. That's why Arca runs General Tires instead of Hoosier now. But they're really just. Well, Hoosier. I suggested running American Racer because yeah, I don't understand what. And like, every I got blasted online. Like, what is the they, problem? They with, hate them apparently, and so run a Goodyear. Goodyear makes a ten inch late model tire. Yep. They used to run them in Texas all the time. Everybody's stuck on the F45s. So you have to have F45. Nobody Who else cares? wants it. That's like what if, I... If we ran want, the F56s last week at Sobo, and it was awesome. They freaking... I think I, I run an F56 somewhere before. Uh, like, you ran F56s on the rights, and I think f 45 Yeah, they gave us one F45, and the rest are 56s. Like, Why can't we just have an open tire roll? That'd be cool. Like, back in the day when they did Goodyear and... Yeah, I mean... What was it Goodyear and Hoosier? Good yeah, Hoosier. but I mean, then you'd be spending a. Then lot everybody of would money. find the yeah. one that was better and faster, and then they all yeah. go to that. <laughs> or you could be the local guy and be like, "Well, no one's racing American racers. I can get them for." But I mean, at the same time, like it's if they want to race, an American racer doesn't seem that bad, and they're cheaper. They're like two hundred dollars cheaper. I would definitely do that. Then yeah. I, I don't understand what the point of. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, Hoosier's a good tire, but they have the short track world by the balls, and they just keep jacking the price. It's up. everybody's so set on those F45s because they ran them for so long, and it's it's all they I mean, have. It's, a, it's, it's a good tire. Yeah, it's, 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 it creates good racing. You got to take care of it. You can hammer it when you the, need to. The F56s cycle better though. I mean, we're gonna we uh we ran 80 laps at Sobo, and I mean those tires still feel good. We no yeah, 56 is like a little bit harder, and they, yeah, they're really harder good. compound. They can last a long time. Like I said, and I think it was Jegs. Like I went and ran a couple of Jegs CRA like All Star races, and we ran that fifty six on the right side. It's not bad for a, a long race. If you do a hundred fifty lapper, mm-hmm. I heard they're awesome. We were running hundred lappers with the Carolina Pro Late Series last season, sometimes seventy five, and we had to do a two scuff and then two noobs. Mm-hmm. So it was tough getting staggering stuff like that, but. Most of the guys, we figured it out, and uh, they would impound two tires after every race, so we were trying to pick the ones, you know, you didn't burn off the car and stuff. Trying so. to figure out which ones fell out of a race early. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. No, it was, it's interesting. Lo- I've learned a lot about tires just through the lay model stuff, just because, you mean, you got to be on your game with tires, or they you're going to look silly. Those bi tires are so finicky. Yeah. It's not like a good year where they're all the same size. Exactly. Like, like a radial tire, like we have a NASCAR, they're pretty much all the same size. If you... If you uh, air a Hoosier up wrong, it's going to be like yeah. you'll have three inches of stagger when you need an yeah, inch and a half. Depending on what rear end you go on, it, yeah. gets, it gets interesting real quick. Yeah. Nothing a little tire dope can't handle, though. Yep. But you, you can em. get caught. You can get caught, man. You can get caught. Ricky Brooks gets you. Even though I guess he Ricky didn't. Brooks, man. We raced the bull ring in Vegas, and <laughs> that guy. We were like, dude, there was heavy hitters there, and we were like, dude, we qualified like 20th, and they like – Pre-race tech was as it was like after it was like post-race tech. Mm-hmm. 
They were like, pull your uh, car, freaking want to check all this. All like it oh, was. Yeah. That I was. Mean, I mean, it's like for derby. a tour race, but it's I'm like, it's like derby. I mean, yeah. if you go to snowball derby, you don't do anything on the racetrack. Do you go through tech, and yep. that's that's like the biggest race there is getting in the tech line before everybody else. Yeah. That place is notoriously straight tech. But the one thing, Ricky Brooks, you can't say. It's to everyone. It don't matter who yeah. you are. Yeah. It don't matter. I mean, Nasty lost the snowball derby because of what? Titanium. Titanium brake component. Components. Not even. And like, he was sponsored by Brembo. Yeah. Like not even That's like tough. the full brake setup. It was like a tiny. It was the. It was the, it, it was the. It was the caps. That, like if you ever look at like even like the cup car brake calipers, they have them. Cup Xfinity truck. There's little caps that go on the end just to dissipate the heat out of the out of the caliper. Because they're titanium and they have holes in them. Right. I don't know what I would do if I won the snowball and got disqualified, disqualified for, a cap. for that. Yeah, that I would. That would suck. It's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. I feel like I've never even just gotten the money close. to to I mean, make that race. Yeah, is insane. I've, I've been good at the flake before, but never in the actual derby. We're talking about taking a car um, down to the snowflake, a pro, because uh, the car store rules are pretty in line with yeah, all they're those. Supposed to be like the same. Yeah, so it'd be really easy to get to. We're having trouble. We we have a guy who hangs bodies quite quite interesting on uh, late models. I mean, he gets every ounce of arrow out of these. Oh, yeah. And uh, they don't like the uh, – the templates don't like them templates, very much. Templates, yeah. <laughs> Twisted sister cars? That's one thing uh, up here, dude. They don't do templates really. Like in North yeah. Carolina, I feel like templates aren't that big, whereas – You'll see if some you go to, skewed up race cars. If you go to Florida, dude, like they fit the templates. Like yeah. that is – like I remember Big. when I first went down there, my crew chief he had been down there racing a little bit too. And he's like, "Look, we're not going to go down here and be struggling to get through tech because of templates." Yeah, he's like, missing and practice. And, and he's stuff. like, "If you're a quarter inch off on this template right here, they're going to make you go and fix it." So that was a big thing. And there's not a lot of stuff you could do with the track. I mean, you have to build mounts and stuff. You want to push, you know, fenders out and stuff. It's not like cup car, full body metal car. You could bang on some stuff and get yeah. it. <laughs> No, it was it was interesting. We had we took our prolate through the car store um, tech and and they they gave us a deal because we were I mean a little baby crate with all these supers, but we have some work to do for sure <laughs> on yeah. that body. But, you know about that, huh, Matt? You been late model racing? Big Wisconsin late model racer, dude. Right? I I can't believe you didn't go to more late model. Like Wisconsin's massive super late model. Right, there's a big beef between North Carolina late model drivers and Wisconsin late drivers. Really? Yeah, they're I, everybody's saying the Wisconsin drivers are. Are better. I mean, there's look, a lot of them. You look at the pedigree of it. Like, I mean, we had Kenseth, we have the Sodders, we have, I mean, we've talked about this. Dick Trickle, you got, I mean, with ASA and stuff, you had Rusty Wallace, Kenny Wallace come through. You had Mark Martin on the tour. I mean, big I mean, heavy hitters. But at but, the same time, if you look at like uh, Florida, North Carolina, you have. Me, you have <laughs> Chase Elliott, you have Bubba. Ryan Blaney. What about everybody from California? Bubba, There's a, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah. Then you have even the California guys like Kevin Harvick, Harvick, Gordon, yeah, all the Ernie there's, Irvin. There's like three hubs, right? Yep. There's the Southeast, there's the Midwest, and then the, and West, then the Coast. West Coast. Yep, there's not much. I mean, there's some guys coming out of the Northeast, that right? Are I solid. Mean, but like, you know. There's going to be an anomaly every now and then, but you're it's seeing... It's like guys from Texas. Like, there's really not... Like, there's not yeah. that many guys from Texas. It's like me and Busher, and that's David it. David Starr. David Starr. David Starr. Whataburger. The old Texas rattlesnake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, it's like, yeah. 
Texas racing, I feel like, isn't even that big. Not asphalt. Like, asphalt for sure, no. Dirt racing, yes. There's, like, one asphalt track in all of Texas, and the state is massive. Yeah. So, I mean, when I grew up, I grew up on the dirt side because my grand, my grandparents, both of them, worked on a IMCA modified. All right. So my grandma was fucking in the blood. throwing tires and shit. That's sick. My mom actually drove. You can't, not a lot of people could say that. My mom won four powder puff races in the 80s. That's some pedigree right there. <laughs> Let's go. But mom, for, mom for, was putting on. For how good the asphalt scene is in Wisconsin, the dirt scene is just as big. Really? Because I didn't know it was that big up there. Like, I know, like, around, uh, like, South Dakota, North Dakota, Iowa, like, it's massive. I just didn't know if it bled into Wisconsin, too. It, d- it does. Like, it's a lot of IMCA stuff. Yeah, IMCA is big up there. So, I mean... Benji Lacrosse from Green Bay, Wisconsin, just won a hundred fifty thousand dollars stock Holy car shit. race. So big payday. Yeah, um, I mean it's still pretty big, but I mean you got the iconic asphalt race tracks like Winchester, uh, not in Wisconsin. Wait, no, Winchester's uh, in Indiana. No, I meant to say uh, Slinger. Slinger, sorry, which is where the other high bank series was. Um, you got uh, where Oktoberfest is. You got Lacrosse Speedway, Wisconsin International. WIR is iconic in the north. In Wisconsin. Dude, that place is so sick. I want to race there so bad. Hey, any Wisconsinites with even like a the Dixieland 250, yeah. I will come and run it. Bam. Next week. Maybe. Whenever it is. Maybe we'll take your car. No, we need to put Bailey back in a legend. We have a, a badass legend. I yeah. want I want to run some road course stuff in a legend car. That stuff, like at Atlanta Motorsports Park, that shit's fun. Let's do it. As hell. I'll crew it. I'd have to race with like Miatas and stuff, though. That's the class they <laughs> That race gets in. sketchy. They do that snowing, too, and the Miatas are. I, yeah. Never like, trust the Miata. They're big. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Compared to a legend, it's weird to say, but yeah. Yeah, like I feel like it'd be like racing a school bus, like when you're in a regular car. Now, did you have spotters back when you ran? No. See, okay, so nowadays they have spotters. Yeah. I've been, trying to get a, I've been trying to get a spotter gig at the summer shootout. I haven't really there come through on it. Big spotter. Try to, try to mentor some of these young kids racing. No, you're searching for a paycheck. Tell them not to make the same mistakes. That's where the money is. It's insane. Like, legend racing used to be affordable, and now it's getting to, like... You might as well race a model. Exactly. I mean, my dream was down to 600, and a guy that I know through a guy is just like, yeah, let's just buy two of them. Just whatever. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But one one with the wing on it, one without. That's that's just dumb, because you can run either one with or without the wing. Just buy a wing. Yeah, but now we can take his backup car. That's a good idea. You should work that out. I'm trying. Hey, backup cars are awesome. I love backup cars. I actually got to start a hickory on a backup car, and um, it was so last minute we forgot to set the bar for qualifying. And it felt good, one and two, entered three pretty hot, and the thing came around like Tokyo Drift. And right. luckily, I used to have – I was a big drift guy out of high school. I had a 240SX and oh, three kids. Right. Yeah, it was fun. Waste of tires, but uh, luckily – I had some experience in driving a car sideways because I crossed the start to finish line driving out of the, <laughs> the passenger window Hell and, yeah. and, uh, I saw my brother's face. He was car owner at the time and he was, yeah, pretty much white faced mouth, oh, mouth open. And, uh, let's just say we for, never forgot to, uh, set the bar for the uh, backup car after that one. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Hickory man place is awesome though. I mean some history, but it is beat up. It is now up on iRacing. Yes. I haven't even haven't bought it yet. It's tough. I saw this dude, there was this tweet that was hilarious. Like someone did like the free like Rome camera and they went to like, I don't know, near turn one in the pits and it's like POV. 
Your son's testing a late model, and the guy whose car it is is telling you that he's three tenths faster than the pole the last time they were here, and all it costs is eight thousand dollars to go race it. <laughs> Pretty much, it's a. Uh, we had a spectacular wreck there. I had the old timer come up to me. We ran a pro race there last year, and um, our driver decided not to listen to the spotter and, and um, dive through the wreck into one and climb the wall. I'm at. I'm at the entrance of pit road in diving four. Diving through the wreck just never works. Usually, Especially in short track races. Usually maybe picking your way through, but diving through the wreck just never works. Yeah, he, he saw a hole, and that hole filled up really quick. And uh, I saw the top of the car, the, the roof numbers from the entrance of pit road Not out of four. You don't want to see that. And the old timer that runs the, the wrecker there, he goes, <laughs> that's, that's the t- biggest wreck I've seen here <laughs> in 20 years. Well, thanks. That's that's my car. Yeah, <laughs> we just got to go fix that now. So, dude, he hit so hard that it bent the steering wheel, bent the MPI steering wheel. Yeah, let's go, let's go. You know, it was a good hit. I knew uh, a Death guy, uh, Kyle Sirazadi, when they ran ASA late model series. It was like the pro late models, pretty much. They ran with Rockingham, and they had they used to have the jack bolts. I guess they still do on some cars, jack bolts for the coilovers. And it was right when they started doing it, and it was like the smaller version. It broke. Dude, there's some pictures somewhere I've seen him. He like climbed the fence and was like literally on the catch fence, like four tires on the catch fence, and came back down. My crew chief used to crew chief for him, and uh, like when I ran late models, and he said that the gauges were bent. He's like, you couldn't even use the gauges anymore. Like all the the needles were bent, like they were stuck. He's like, Uh, everything on that car was junk. There was no fixing anything. Yeah, that was how ours was. It actually. Almost put a hole in the pan from uh, one of the lower control arms. Nice. So that was a fun one. That's a lot of damage. Actually, that car is running this year. Constantino uh, rebuilt it. It was a really good car, Hamke car. <laughs> but uh, that car's back in service after yeah, a and front it's going and to rear flag. front and rear clip on that car. It's yeah, beautiful I love, now. I but. love going to like Hamke's Twitter and just looking at the brand new cars they build. I'm like, oh my yeah. God. Dude, if I could only just spend $120,000 on a super late model right now, I totally would. <laughs> so the car I'm running is a, I think, 2013 or 2014 Hamke, and it's at Clattenburg getting a um, the, all the updates. They, like, box in all the rear mounts for the A-arms and stuff and all that. And, and uh, there actually is rules coming out where you can pan a little bit more of the underside. Oh, nice. So, like, right under the transmission, there's a couple pans we could put in there. So we're doing... We're doing some work. It's a little older chassis, but we, we've gotten those chassis to really really yeah. work for us. So. I used to run a, a 1996 Grand American race car built oh. by Augie and Frankie Grill. Still it, racing. Formerly known as Neil Bonnet Race Cars, in which my former car owner, Mike Harmon, used to work for back in the day, which is kind of History. Funny. Damn. There's a little history lesson There's for like you. There's like his signature on the bottom Mike of the told chassis. Me, so Augie Grill, pretty big short track racer. Mike told me he was like, there's one I can remember seeing Augie riding around the shop on a creeper when he was about five years old. And I'm like, that's awesome. Oh man! So what happens if your pseudo teammate wrecks your car? I pull a couple all nighters, and we we have a backup chassis. So we have a Hamkey. Pretty much, we we try to got we got four or five cars now, and they're all Hamkeys within three four hundred uh, chassis numbers of each other. We keep one pretty much ready to go. Keep and it on them. Yeah, you, you know, got like it with, thing on me. with the development deal. You got to have a backup car because, I mean, these kids pay, well, dads pay good money <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to uh, to race. And you a can't, lot of lemonade at the lemonade stand to run that damn car. <laughs> exactly. 
And uh, you can't tell them, hey, you wrecked the car. We're not going to be ready in two weeks. Race so. teams should have that for when they have those development teams, like how a soccer team, they sell magazines or whatever. <laughs> door to door. Be like, look. <laughs> chocolate bars. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm selling chocolate so I can afford a set of tires this weekend at Hickory. Can you, uh, can you help me out? Oh, well, we need man. to sell 300 more <laughs> chocolate 300 bars. more boxes. Yeah. <laughs> you should try that for the Xfinity series. I should. Hey. That can blow anybody up. Anybody wants to buy... What kind of chocolate? Fifteen thousand chocolate it's bars. It's that same. It's that same box of chocolate. I remember yeah. I used to buy them all the time in high school because we did some, pizzas. Some team. I was on a soccer team and we sold tamales. Hey, that's big in California too. Selling tamales. Really? We yeah, sold, I, didn't, I, didn't, uh, I thought we were the only ones. We sold pizzas. Like pizza. That's a very Wisconsin you didn't thing. Sell cheese, eh? <laughs> They're selling beer at twelve years old. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we we would have made a lot. What's well, the got, beer you guys like out there? The cow uh, one. Spotted cow. Spotted cow. Really? I thought it was. No. I figured it would have been like PBR or like. That's your favorite beer. No, you want to hear something weird? Is P- two PBRs made in Milwaukee, isn't it? Not anymore. What? It's made in China. <laughs> so we have like in Wisconsin. There's tons of iconic brands, right? There's Miller, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's <laughs> best PBR. Blatt. I was talking about Milwaukee Tools, but yeah, whatever. That'd but be the coolest sponsorship ever. You Milwaukee know, Tools. The majority least. of people drink up there. Bush Latte, which comes from Missouri. Is that because that, that guy who has the, all the videos now? The, oh, you betcha. No, he's from North Dakota. Really? North Dakota. Yeah, he's not, oh, the big guy. Where he's always yeah, like, the Bush beard? Latte. With the beard. I thought he was from Wisconsin. No, he's from North Dakota. The same a thing. fraud. It, it's like right next to each other, right? Frozen Tundra. I don't really know my That's geography. like six, eight hours away. You got to drive through. All of Minnesota to get to ah, North Dakota. There's that one state up there. I always get. I forget that it's Minnesota. there. Minnesota. <laughs> we dunk on Minnesota so often because their tagline is uh, the land of ten thousand lakes. Wisconsin has like twelve thousand lakes. Yeah. yeah, way more. That's a lot. More I have lakes. way more lakes. Minnesota's than you, bro. got a. <laughs> they're a, they there's that YouTube video. I don't know if y'all have seen them. The the uh, oh, how you talk like a Minnesota? No, no, no. The all hockey hair team. Yes, those were good. He's like, it's the land of ten thousand locks, is what I call it. <laughs> that's an arugula because that's some spicy salad. The internet's a crazy place. Oh yeah, that dude like went anonymous for years, and he finally like made a documentary. He's a normal looking dude. I'm pretty sure he's bald, if I wasn't mistaken. But yeah, Dan, this is a long episode, huh? Yeah, we've gone. We normally try to keep it around an hour, and we're people are going to be bored. No, not yeah. we've been rolling. <laughs> there hadn't even been like not one awkward silence. So, yeah, we uh, we came into this not having anything to talk about. I think that's the awesome. best way to do it. We'll come in with our special guest, uh, maybe uh, Christopher next week. Ooh, that's it. That. That's a. It's kind of a hint. I don't know a lot of people. It is. It's Busher. Real people. No, <laughs> I could. Real I, I should text him and ask him to come on too. Uh, but shout out to my brother, the one international listener that we have. Yes, if sir. you pat, if you've made it this far, we'll start get getting. Shout out. We'll get it translated to Taiwanese language. He's in Taiwan. Yeah, he's been there for like five years. Oh wow, I did not know that. He he sent me a message. He goes, "I've listened to every single podcast that." You've What's done. he doing in Taiwan? He's a teacher. Oh, English teacher. Uh, That'd be so. I think easy. like a. Do you have a degree in teaching? No, but I've been speaking English my whole life. So <laughs> I'm kind of a pro. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a big deal. No, he teaches history and stuff like that. So when he teaches history, is it like world history? World history. Okay. I was going to say, because you'd be like teaching American history. Is he history familiar with my book? A People's History of the United States? That's I'll, where all the real history is. You know, if, if he sees this, he can comment 
As soon as I finish that one, I'm buying another book. I've already got it wrote. It's wrote down in my notes. Uh, the 48 Levels of Power. Let me know in the comments if that's a good book or not. I don't think a lot of our listeners are book readers. What are you trying to say, bro? That's disrespectful. What are you trying to say, bro? <laughs> I'm just saying more people are just because you don't read. Books, I think the last I actually other... ordered a book and it's coming tomorrow. What book I think the last book I read was To Kill a Mockingbird in high school. Yeah, I mean, I really don't have too many books. I put that one book on my coffee table in case, like, I bring a girl over or something. It looks like I'm a big book somewhat, guy, somewhat distinguished. How's it's right that? next to my two snowboarding magazines, so I don't know how much it helps. <laughs> in the Xbox controller, yeah, in the Xbox <laughs> controller, and your fake succulent. Yeah, well, it's better than no succulent, so suck on that. Wow. And Ladies with, love the succulents. And with that, I think we're getting the hell out of here because this with has been going on for way too long. Uh, which one is it? This one. Real man of genius. Eric Estep here. This episode is brought to you by Forney Industries. Get it done with green. Forney offers a full line of welding and plasma cutting machines, metalworking accessories, and more. For do-it-yourselfers all the way to professional metalworkers, Forney has everything you need for your next project. Shop Forney's top-of-the-line products at forneyind.com. That's Forney, F-O-R-N-E-Y, ind, I-N-D.com, or at an authorized Forney dealer near you.